Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 447 of the JV Club as we move through this month of December that has crept up on all of us. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Serena DC. What a pleasure. Definitely get into it. We go real deep. And I just want to, I don't want to say it's a warning. I guess take it under advisement that I do get pretty emotional. I talk a little bit more about losing my mom this year. And so if you're not in the mood to hear me get pretty choked up, maybe press pause and come back to this episode when you are. That said, I was really happy to talk about it. And I just want to take this opportunity to just again express how grateful I am for all of you and how much I appreciate your support and compassion and empathy, not just through things that have happened this last year and the year prior during COVID, but also just in the course of me doing this podcast for almost 10 years. So thanks to you. Love you guys. Special, of course, shout out to Julian as we start coming to the end of this year. Christian, shout out to you for helping out with some editing as well. Of course, Chris Royce, who handles social media for the JV Club. Just very, very grateful for you all. So enjoy this episode and I will talk to you next week. Well, I am so excited to talk to you, and I, I do appreciate the time difference, and that always... I was just speaking to a friend of mine in Sweden, and similarly, like, it's so it's so amazing how different, a, like, a vibe is for somebody, like, when yes. it's 8 o'clock in the morning, their time, but it's 10 p.m. <laughs> the other right. side. Like, you're full of beans, and I'm just... Yeah. Back right now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's such a weird, it's just a weird dichotomy sometimes. But, yeah. um, you know, when, when uh, Kira w- was kind of telling me about you and, and I had had a sense of you already just from, you know, your shows on Hulu and everything, I mm-hmm. do, I was ex- so excited to have you on just because, you know, I think my messaging and kind of what I'm interested in and have been digging into in the podcast over the last nine and a half years is is kind of the same vibe, which is this idea of kind of, you know, personalizing, humanizing and and demystifying people who maybe are considered role models or mm. are just looked at from a very specific two dimensional place like oh there you are on instagram or there you are you know acting in this tv show and um if to me there's nothing more reassuring than like recognizing how human we all are right uh it's so true it's like you know you know one thing that always really bugs me is you know you've got your instagram and every morning and every night when you wake up before you go to bed you check your feet because you just you know you're bored you're winding up or winding down and that's what you do you know, and if, if you happen to have um, decided to follow a couple of um, Instagram models, just over the course right. of over the last couple of years, you followed one girl, you followed another girl, followed another girl, then every single day of your life, you get shown these unrealistic pictures of these stunning women. And every single day you look at them and you're like, holy shit, I need to go on a diet. I need to do this. I need <sighs> yeah. to do that. It's just, it's so crazy that yeah. we're influenced so much by the things that we see and the things that we hear um, our peers, you know, doing and saying. And so what I wanted to do with Hollywood Disclosure and all the projects that I work on actually is, like you're saying, just show the real real. You know, yes, they look yeah. wonderful with the makeup and the filters, but 
behind all that, they're just like me and you. Absolutely. And did you, I mean, you, you are a person, you are certainly a television personality, which sounds so reductive. So I <laughs> apologize for that because it's, 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 you're so much more than that. I mean, you have, you know, you, you, you've, you've studied extensively, you've studied psychology and counseling. Um, you're an author, you've written self-help books. Again, self-help is like such an adorable and, and truthful term, but like it sort of got co-opted and, and, and teased about and sort of made fun of and now and now I feel like like some of the strength and power behind those words has been you know it's just been co-opted in a way that I'm like yeah but like also th- these are these are books that change people's lives <laughs> like yeah. these are books that are truly tools like some people try to take advantage of it but many many people yourself included have genuine empathy and mm. want to share their experience and even their own aspirations, you know, because you're not saying like, hey, I'm a perfect person. Come over to where I am. I've written these books. Like it's it's I think that's so wonderful that you're doing that. It's it's interesting when you say that. And I love I love the way that you sort of deconstructed that because it's so true. You know, if you ask anyone who's written their first self-help book, you know, they'll all tell you I went through this experience and it was really fucking hard. But then I learned X, Y, and Z. And now I want to make sure that people that are going through the same hellish experience I went through don't have to do it so hard. So really self-help books are really just, it's like your best friend or your mom. Yes. Um, Just just basically saying, man, I've been through it. Let me help you, you know? Yes. And I think when people look at them that way, that you know they they are seen in a in a much different light because it's not I, I don't write self help books because I I think I know better than everyone else and let me be your guru and teach you all of these amazing things it's not that it's more I went through shit I don't want anyone else to go through that yes. so here's some advice yes. you know yes. Absolutely. And so when did you, because that was something that you, you really took a shine to intellectually and in your education and so forth, um, why don't we dive just back into your teen years uh, for a few minutes to hear kind of where you were, uh, what your experience was like as a teenager, and if that stuff was starting to kind of creep in? Because, I mean, it's no... It's, it's no mystery that when I talk about the podcast, my podcast, that, you know, people's teenage years are these incredibly vulnerable, incredibly formative. You know, you do some of your most brave and your most afraid th- things and decisions yeah. and moves and choices and, and um, all that that period of kind of trying to define who you are, maybe before you're ready. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's like in high school and college, We were, I feel like so many of us were so eager to know who we were in all caps and there's somehow it's like our hormones and our brain aren't necessarily on the same track right. <laughs> so totally. we like how could we know who we are until we're older and yet yeah, we feel it, this pressure to define and identify ourselves like was that what was that experience like for you well it's, it's interesting because I, I really think it just changes from generation to generation to generation so mm. your mom and dad were just like my mom and dad and the way that you will parent is just the same as the way that I parent. Obviously, there'll be yeah. different nuances, but 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 things are different. So, you know, I, I grew up as a teenager in the 90s. And so my mum and dad's favourite words were, no, can't do that. Don't go here. You know, you, you right. don't have sex before marriage. You have to be a good person. You have to study. The, the, yep. the parenting techniques back in the 90s were very fear-based. If you don't yes, do yeah. this, then this terrible thing is going to happen to you. 
you know, but whereas parenting nowadays, you know, for children that were born in the 2000s, completely different. You know, parents are your best friends and, and they're your allies and they're, they're, they walk alongside you instead of <laughs> trying to trying to dominate you. But for right. me, I guess, um, you know, like I grew up in a Catholic family and, you know, I, I, I'm blessed with a, a relatively wonderful upbringing, you know, two married parents. Uh, we weren't wealthy, but we had money, you know, and mm-hmm. everything was kind of cool. But, um, you know, I was a three spirit and my mom just, just everything was just no 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 and <laughs> what what happened was I turned 18 and I completely rebelled and by 19 um I was a promiscuous drug addict mm. so <laughs> we've been, mom, I mean yeah that right. is so it so happens right it just right. that is so don't you drug, so easy don't to have take that boys happen. turn yeah. 19 promiscuous drug addict you know and yeah. so um what what my key takeaway from that was is that with my children I never tell them no, ever. I never tell them no, ever. Um, for, I'll give you an, an example. My daughter uh, got caught stealing. So she's 10 years old. She's in grade six. And um, they have, you know, lost property when you oh, lose yeah, sure. something at school. Yeah. Sure, so sure. she got caught stealing something out of the lost property basket. Uh... Teacher called me. It was this big freaking drama, you know, and, and it was my turn to sit down with her and have the talk. And, um, you know, this is what I said to her. I said, if you want to steal, you can go and steal. You go and steal every single day. You go into that lost property, you, you know, you take that stuff <laughs> and you enjoy it. But just know if you do want to walk that path and you go for it, girl, if you want to walk that path, these are going to be the consequences. You know, you're going to right. get kicked out of school. You're going to go to juvenile detention. You're not going to be able to get into uni. You know, you're, these are the only job options that you're going to have. This is, you know, and and just basically painting a very honest picture of what would happen to her if she took that road and decided that she wanted to be a shoplifter and a, and a thief. Right. Um, and at the end of it. So, so it's not that, yeah, it's not that you're encouraging it. You're literally no. saying you have the you choice. Want. You always have the choice. Yep. You always have the choice. I can't take the choice away <clears> from <throat> you. And it's your but life, not these my are, life. But this, but the, but this is a cause yeah. and effect this world is, that we live in. Yeah, but this is what's going to happen to you, you know, and. Um, I'm, you know, case in point, she's never stolen again and never would. Um, but uh, like, I think that that's like, for me, that's been a really great way to parent, but it's also been a great way to friend and it's been yeah. a great way to relationship, um, as well, because you, you know, when people come to you for advice, like you, you, you can't tell people what they can and can't do. All you can do is alert them to what, um, consequences right. would, will occur with their, um, actions. It's so true. It's so true. And, mm. you know, again, you're, to your point, like, you know what it feels like to be on the side of, oh, this thing that I that I'm categorically not supposed to do, it becomes so magnetic, mm. um, particularly when there are a lot of those sort of flying at you. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good person. <laughs> I feel like right. I was a pretty good kid. I feel like I I had a lot of empathy, even at times when, you know, maybe kids that's a more underdeveloped muscle in kids Mm -hmm. but I still I still had I mean I had trouble understanding and this sounds so crazy and I'm kind of ashamed to say it Serena but like I did steal and 
And it was it would have been a situation like that, right? It would have、mm. it was like from a drugstore because in my mind it's like that's just a big that's just a big place. That's I'm not stealing、yeah. from someone I care about,、no、right? Not that, you, you know. And a lost and found is like oh,、mm. I could totally see the logic of that. Of like, I mean, it's already lost. Like no one's claimed it. You know, no one's claimed it. it's as good as gone. Like maybe I'll give it a good home. <laughs> like I could see right. Well, I mean, the wheels just, turning in that just, way. You know, and, and it's just you don't walk around as a kid. You don't walk around thinking about the consequences. You, you, you're thinking about the payoff for you. You know, right,、um, right. And, and the payoff for my, my daughter's called Halo. The payoff for Halo was oh cool, I get this jacket. Never paid for it. Didn't have to pay for it. I don't have、right. any money anyway. I'm ten. You know, cool.、Right. This is awesome, and you know, whatever. You, you know, but then, but I think if she understood that this jacket belonged to to little Jenny, and little Jenny's mum and dad don't have any money to buy them another jacket, and without、right. this jacket, she's going to be freezing, and her mum's going to give her a beating when she goes home without it. I think if、yeah. if she was aware of that additional information, she was she would never take that jacket. So right, exactly, you know, I, I feel like. Growing up in the nineties, um, that you know, pa- parenting was never about what the why. There was never a why.、Mm-hmm. You know,、mm-hmm. for, you know how like your parents, your mum would say to you, okay, because I said,、yeah. don't go、yeah. home with the boys when you're fourteen. Don't go and have sex and da 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 da. And all you hear is just don't, 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 don't. But if they said、yeah. to you, let me show you a video about teenage pregnancy. Let me show you what it does to your body. The stretch marks. Let me show.、Right. Let, let me show you some interviews with some girls that are sixteen that have babies, and let me、yeah. let me show you that shit. Yeah, yeah. And then if you still want to go out and have sex, go for it. You know, like <laughs> right. Yeah, I yeah. The the idea that you know less information is is better、um, is is kind of rarely true. I think、yeah. opposed to. You know, I want to give you the scope. Here's the scope. Here's what we're talking about. Here's the、mm-hmm. scope of things. With again, to your point, cause and effects. And you know, it's it's almost like when you watch programming that is f- maybe intended for young people, but it becomes part of the sort of lexicon of just what people of all ages like watching. And I using、mm-hmm. Pixar as as an example.、Um, it's like it's those sh- those are the shows that aren't talking down. To kids, and、right. that's why we as adults are very open to receiving the same message because we too kind of need to still be told the same stuff, even as、yeah. we get older. We're、yep. not necessarily going to make a ton of great decisions. Sometimes we re—I don't want to say relapse、uh, with that negative connotation. Yet at the same time, I do feel like we all have the capacity to learn, 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 learn,、yeah. and almost become our own parents, and then almost defy ourselves. As our own parents, right? It's like, ugh,、totally. I'm tired of policing myself. Yes, I haven't had a drink in four years, but like, ugh, I'm gonna have it. You know what I mean? Like,、right. just those sort of those sort of conversations. Like, they don't stop as we get older necessarily. Well, and one, and, one thing that one thing that I want to say to you is this is something I'm picking up intuitively when I'm hearing you talk, and、uh, you know, like I think an underlying like trend with everything that you're saying to me is that that you know, like I think that it's so important for people to have an element of forgiveness for themselves as well. Mm, uh, yeah. Because like I, I, fu- I fuck up all the time, you know. Yeah, you know, you know how like something bad happens to you, then you learn from it, and then ergo, you're not supposed to do the same thing again. Right. right. I kind of do the same thing again all the time. You know. Well,、oh, we we yeah, do. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're human beings. You know, like if someone、yeah. um breaks your trust, you're like that dip, never gonna trust again, never. Da, 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 da. And then a new wonderful person walks into your life, and of course, and of course you do. But 
you know, I think sometimes we need to step out of our bodies and stand beside ourselves and just mm. look, look back at ourselves and tell ourselves, man, it's okay. It's yes, okay. Indeed. You know, yes, it's okay. Why do we always have to be right? Why do we always yeah. have to be perfect? Why does everything have to go swimmingly all the time? You know, yeah. like who? What a, lot, gives- what a tremendous amount of pressure. And what are you, and oh. setting yourself up hey, just hey. to be crushed. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that our failures are what, are what, are make, what make our successes beautiful. You yes. know, like I truly, truly believe that. Like on the, like, let me tell you my story about Hollywood disclosure. Oh, please, so, please. So um, I, I've been an entrepreneur for years, so say 10, 12 years, working in the um, health and beauty space. So I've got a lot of, um, I've got like a hair extension brand, eyelashes, teeth whitening, all that sort of stuff. Um, pretty, you know, moderately successful. And then um, I had an opportunity to do an event and it was this um, massive event we were putting on for women called the Secrets to Success event. And so at this event, I was going to get the biggest na- the biggest female entrepreneurs in, in um, Australia all together in one big arena and they were all going to share their secrets to success. So I'm selling this epic event. I'm trying to sell 3,000, 4,000 tickets. I've got the biggest um, thought leaders, biggest female entrepreneurs, all signed up, all paid for, coming to speak at this event. And then mm-hmm. the event the event happens, the secrets to success event happens. And I think we had 200 people turn up. So mm-hmm. imagine me being the organiser and the MC to this event, having to get up in this massive arena in front of 200 people mm-hmm. um, and try and tell them about secrets to success. Needless to say, that was my rock bottom moment because, you know, walking out of that arena, I felt like a complete and utter failure. I was embarrassed in front of my staff, in front of my family, in front of my friends, in front of my peers, in front of everyone that turned up. It was just the biggest, most awful situation that ever Mm. happened to me, you know? Mm. And, um, that really messed me up. It was a rock bottom moment, you know, like I, like, you know, when you get so depressed that you're a bit, you start to get a bit worried about yourself in those moments. Yeah. Oh gosh, um, absolutely. But it was really great. I went away um, for a couple of days on my own for a bit of soul searching. And um, the great thing about rock bottom is once you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. And <laughs> so um, uh, I went to sleep that night, you know, cried myself to sleep, probably half drunk on a bottle and a half of, you know, wine, cried mm-hmm. myself to sleep. And um, at that night I had this dream and um, th- this was the dream. The dream was imagine if um, – your peers, so people that you look up to, were able to share their rock bottom moments, their mm. most vulnerable moments, and then teach you how they got through them and they got over them. And um, in the dream, I saw Caitlyn Jenner and I imagined her mm. um, in the dream talking about her rock bottom moment and, um, that, you know, and how she overcame it to become this massive, you know, amazing success that she is today. Um, yeah. And then I woke up and the idea for Hollywood dis- um, disclosure appeared you know Ugh, I love and then it. um a year later I'm sitting in Caitlyn Jenner's lounge room in her house <laughs> it's amazing uh, yeah and um and you if you uh watch the watch her episode of Hollywood Disclosure you'll see um that just the pure joy in my heart and in, uh, when I shared that exact story with her and I'm yes. like and I'm like you're sitting in my dream and she goes you know what Serena no I'm not you're sitting in mine and it was just this whole moment. <laughs> mm. But, mm. you know, mm. my rock bottom moment turned into something amazing. And I'm, I, that's what I'm passionate about, teaching people that your worst moment 
truly is your best moment. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Dr. Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. Let me ask you a question. What was your rock bottom moment? Your uh, oh, gosh. rock bottom moment. Oh, um... I'm trying to think of like the difference between work and personal and and how I sort of define those. Um, well, I mean, to be honest with you, like the thing that I'm going to say is the thing that has been has had the deepest, most uh, profound impact on me this year, mm. which I've spoken a little bit about on the podcast, but not too terribly much. Serena, but um, my mom passed away. I lost my mom. Yeah. And um, that is an emotionally rock bottom moment in certain yeah, ways. For sure. Um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, she had, she had, um, she had developed like an early form of dementia and it's, it's, there's nothing, I mean, it's just so hard. Losing anybody you love is so hard, but, um, you know, losing someone suddenly is devastating. Losing someone over a long period of time just wears away at your heart and is so Mm. hard, but maybe Mm. you have more time to get used to it. Um, and, and, and so you go through two things there, you go through the grief of seeing somebody that you love in pain and then you go through the death, you know, I think that they're two, they're two things, you know, absolutely. That's a really good point, especially because you sort of deny yourself part of the grief process Mm -hmm. when the person is still alive because you replace it with guilt. Instead, you feel guilty that you miss someone who's still here. And I woke up with that hanging over me every day and I started to have health problems. And I'm Mm. just so I would worry about the the stuff that I would worry the most about was just every day I would think I don't want her to be afraid today and I don't Mm. want her to be like sad today. And that's a really those are hard things to for a person who and that's all you that's all you've got to hope for like that. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. That's so in really a way, tough. in a way, the last couple of years of sort of watching that happen to her was this long rock bottom, right? Like it was this sort of long fall. Mm-hmm. And in a strange way, the rock, the, the strange way, the end of the fall both felt like getting to the bottom of something. And yet it also felt like you went through the earth in a mm-hmm. way. I've never mm-hmm. like articulated this like this before, but... It felt like you. I went all the way through the core and came yeah. out on the other side on land, like right. safe. But because what, what, what it was, was the beginning was of something emotion? new. Like what? It because was. I mean, was it, it was. It was part of it was relief. Or... Yeah. yeah right. Absolutely. It was like so many of us. You know, if you're a person who's struggling with something that feels like it's 
that it's just happening forever and you don't Mm. know when it's going to end, whether it's a a chronic illness or, you know, again, a relationship with a loved one that's that maybe it's damaging or, you know, there's but you personally, whether there's a way out of it or not, you personally feel stuck or you feel like this is always going to feel like this. Yeah. Or at least I have no idea. I have no control over when it stops the experience. Now, the feelings Mm. Granted, you can, you know, you if if we're lucky, we have a t- you know a team of people like friends, family, and therapy to help us work through that. But um, to have that point to move on from is such a gift, and it, and that and and that to me is this kind of the same as what you're saying as the rock bottom is like that is a definitive like your fall stops, and That's as soon right. as your fall stops, right. you can move in a different direction because you're that's not right. falling anymore that's and you right. can and that's a point from which to move on and there's something so beautiful about that for me it's a it's a sense that okay that was so bad and I didn't die like yeah. so, oh somehow, god yeah I've had so much of that I didn't yes. die somehow I didn't have a nervous breakdown I'm still here you know yeah. like I th- and I think that that's that's the amazing thing because if you think about fear, fear of anything, you know, anything like fear of, um, you know, going for a new job and not getting it, fear of um, telling someone you're in love with them and being rejected, all of these things that we, all of these fears that we have, we always think that the, that the negative outcome is going to be so bad that yeah. everything's going to be over and everything's going to be destroyed forever and ever and ever. And so when that doesn't happen, yeah. that's the beautiful thing. That's the amazing Absolutely. part of the rock bottom moment. Okay, it did, the worst thing happened, like, and yeah. for you, you know, and I'm so sorry it happened to you, but your mum did pass, yeah. but you survived. Oh, absolutely. You know, you were okay. And it makes you so strong because it's like if I could survive that, yeah. come at me, world. Yeah. Because uh, it's, there's it's nothing so going to be worse, so... It's so true. And, you know, sometimes because I have a lot of um, younger people that I interact with through the course of of my career, and I know this the same is true for you. um, You know, I didn't I had I had some bad stuff happen to me as a young person. I didn't have as much as other people that I care about or have met or have read Mm. about or what Mm. have you. Mm. And it's different for everyone. But sometimes, um, you know, when someone, of course, when someone is in the middle of something and they're still kind of traumatized by it and it, they're in shock almost because it's just happened, I wouldn't say this. But to some people who have come through something and it's been, you know, a year or whatever, I, I genuinely am like, while I would never wish for that to happen to you, kind of exactly what you just said, Trina, like it did happen. Mm-hmm. And It happened to you early. And yes, that is very hard because it puts a dent in your armor when your armor is still growing. Yet at the same time, you're going to be, when you're my age, you're going to be 50 times as tough as I am now. You just are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's true. You know, like, I mean, trauma can be a positive thing if you've got the right support network around you. Yes. You know, if you've got people there to help you through it. I mean... You know, if, if you've been uh, molested and you go and tell your mom and your mom says, well, you shouldn't have put yourself in that situation and yeah. um, don't tell anyone because no one will believe you, well, yeah. that's setting you on a path of, you know, self-destruction. Whereas, you know, if you go and tell your mom and your mom's like, right, first of all, I, uh, I'm going to kill that person. <laughs> 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 Not literally, but you know what I mean? Second of all, you did nothing wrong and let's get on top of this and da 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 
you know, then, then you're right. Like it, it certainly can be something that can help you. Um, let me ask you a question. So um, who was your support person when you were going through um, dealing with your mother's um, illness? Who did you I mean, have de- to lean on? Yeah, definitely my, my true love. Um, mm. You know, we've been together for about seven years and um, – I, you know, I, 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 I say I don't know what I do without him having gone through all that. He, I'll tell you what makes a great support mm. person is that the, the person that when you turn to them and say, I don't know, I couldn't have gotten through this without you. When they look you right back in the eye and calmly say, oh, yes, you could have. Yeah. That is amazing because yeah. you are getting that support and you are getting but you are also being told all the time how strong you are and mm. so i i think i was afraid as a younger person i was afraid to lean on a relationship because i didn't have a lot of faith in long-term relationships mm. I, I just didn't have that example in my life in right. my immediate life to go oh this is what a, a great marriage looks like or this is mm. what you know and and so i think i was and i'm an only child and you know I, I just had to be very self-sufficient um, from an early age. And so I think that that speaking of fear and things that debilitate you or things that you avoid because you're afraid of them, I think I just sort of blocked that out as an option. And and so there but, but and so there was definitely stuff I got through on my own. But having someone and and finding out that it's not like leaning on someone is actually making you weaker the idea right. that someone else's support is not a weakness or a, a a need or a lack of something in yourself but in fact is something that fortifies you and mm. makes you stronger was like it sounds so simple it sounds so basic but it that's a real aha moment if you're a person right. who's protected yourself for a long time to go oh my god wait help equals self strength like what you know <laughs> it's so true i mean have you had that experience as well kind of going through what you went through as a, as a younger person and making those decisions and kind of having to dig yourself up from somewhere uh did you have did you feel and at times like oh i need to do this on my own or i think for me i guess you know my role is always i am the support person you know like that's yeah that's always and, and i think that you're probably very similar um to me in that respect as well with in your with your friends and family and things like that but, you know, like I, I think one great gift that you can give to children or to anyone that you have influence over is is to teach them about becoming a support person and about mm. honing those skills and about the importance of, of being able to show up and be there for somebody um, in someone else's life because that's never a conversation that parents have with kids and it's something we should be doing all the time because if we're yeah. out there um, – you know, cultivating and creating support people. I mean, how magical a world are we sort of, you know, creating for, for yeah. each other and for ourselves? Because, you know, like for instance, at, at school at the moment, my daughter's got a friend and there's this boy that's bullying her friend. And I'm, I'm like, well, mm. well, what did you do about it? And she's like, oh, you know, nothing. And I'm like, well, why not? And she goes, well, I didn't really know what to say. And I'm like, let me tell you what to say. You go up to that boy and you say, <laughs> you tell him, 2021, mate. Bullying is not cool, you know, and you confront a bully and you say, why the hell are you picking on this girl? What gives you the right to open your mouth and try and make this human being feel lesser than, you know, you say that to that boy in front of his friends and he'll never pick on that girl again. Because, because this is the thing, you know, like people always think that if there's a bully, you've got to fight them. You come up against them, you've got to fight them. No, you don't. You don't have to fight them. Yeah. You just have to just just call them out. You're bullying, bullying. You flash. Yeah, 
bullying's not cool. If you keep bullying yeah. her, she might go home and kill herself. Is that what you want? Yeah. No, yeah, right? That's a lot to lay on someone. It's true. Right. Yeah. But it, but it's true, right? Um, yeah. And so I think that being a support person is just so freaking important and that's something that we need to keep talking about and educating people on. I'd love to hear um, a podcast from you, Janet, talk, you, know, you know, mentoring people through that process because I think it's just yeah. so great. Like wouldn't it be wonderful for you to go to bed at night thinking, today I really stood up for my friend. Mm-hmm. Today my friend was struggling and I was there for her. Absolutely. Know. And those are the characters and stories that we all are attracted to. And the characters, you know, that's why we watch televisions like fiction in our, you know, for us, our consumption of fiction so often involves an underdog that we feel fiercely protective of, even though they're not real. Because they remind us of people we care about. They remind us of ourselves. And we all... I think the 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 rush you get from being that person who's got somebody's back or that person mm-hmm. who moves someone up is mm-hmm. such a powerful, isn't it? It's such a powerful isn't drug it? in the best way, right? It's in one of the chapters in my book, Love Me, Love Me. I talk about um, how happiness is available to everybody all the time. Like if if you want, if you would like to feel blissfully happy in in the next ten minutes, all you need to do, Janet, is go outside right now just go outside and see somebody that's got too many shopping bags and help them carry their bags you know what yeah. do you know what I mean that see somebody yeah. that um shopping cart is has a wiggling wheel and is veering mm-hmm. off to the left and just help them push it to the right by doing the smallest act of kindness to any anybody uh, it just gives you the biggest endorphin rush possible happiness is yeah. opportunities are everywhere all the time but people well, just think, aren't awake yeah. you know they, they don't realize that they can go out and grab that and when they're helping that person yeah they're helping that person great but they were actually giving themselves the gift Absolutely. And I think, too, you know, to your point about social media and kind of the way that we engage with things that aren't directly in front of us, not to say that you can't also be incredibly kind and sweet and wonderful to someone on social media. You can. And a lot of the times it really helps because perhaps they are being bullied on social media or perhaps they are getting negative feedback on something and you can sort of show up for them and and, you know, try to help fight that battle because we all know how much power we give to one negative comment opposed to 20 positive comments. But when you are open right I mean when you are open to when you're open to those small moments with another person it's a constant it's constantly also feeding your supply of like I'm a person and Mm. I like being and I'm okay being a person and turns out I like the feeling of engaging with another person like we are social creatures we're sort of genetically you know, we've we've evolved to kind of need each other, and that can feel very scary. But like, just you know, it's you can op- you can look on your phone and read something so negative about something humans are doing that you can be like, I'm ashamed to be a human. I'm, sh- yeah. I'm ashamed. What's yeah. the point? What's the point? And so every time you're you're depleting that by engaging in that, and that's not to say you shouldn't know what's going on in the news, but if you are also turning around and sharing a small, even a small moment of kindness with that's someone. It. It's going into the bank, right? It's going you, into the bank. That's, you have to. That, that's fortifying. 
Yeah, exactly. You have to be the light. I don't know if you you would have heard of Kabbalah before the religion. Oh, Kabbalah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and uh, you know, Madonna. Lovely. A lot of these celebrities are into it and stuff like that. Um, I don't sort of subscribe to any particular religion, but I've read a lot about Kabbalah and what I what I love about it, what fascinates me about it, is they have this notion of the light and the darkness, and that every every good deed that is done brings the collective consciousness so everybody on earth a little bit closer into the light. Every time someone does something bad, the collective consciousness moves a little bit into the dark. So if you flash back to the 1940s when the Holocaust happened, just just horrendous. But when that happened, um, there were just so many dark acts and the entire world, even if you weren't in a concentration camp, the entire world was being pulled into darkness. Mm. There was the Great Depression. There was another war. It was hell because all these terrible things were happening. But then all of these good deeds started to happen. The camps were liberated um, all around the world. People were like caring for each other and loving each other more. And we got pushed more into the light. Um, but, you know, that I love that Kabbalah philosophy because it just reminds you that, you know, that one tiny, tiny little deed that you did today, helping the old lady across the road, just swayed the needle just that little bit closer Absolutely. to the light. And that's all that we can do as human beings. If we believe in this collective consciousness that we're all one, there's 7 billion of us, you know, we, we yeah. on our own can't tip, tip the scale ourselves. But if all of us are just doing these little, little random acts of kindness every day, then, you know, those sorts of things will start, start to happen. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. Well, I would love to do, I, I do on uh, the podcast, I always make sure that for kind of the latter part of the episode, I play mm-hmm. this um, mash game. For the first one, I'm going to say, give me three places in the world that you would love to have a second home. And we're even kind of pretending like you can just sort of teleport there. So you don't even have to think about like how long it takes to travel to these places, whether you've been there or not. Yeah. Um, three places you would love to have a second home. Okay. Bali. Seychelles, which is where I come from, and Thailand. Wonderful. Great. Okay. Three, let's do three people uh, from history. It could be very, very recent. It could be, I mean, I I guess I would say they don't necessarily even have to have passed on. Um, Three people that we sort of give you a bat phone to and vice versa, that this could be a a figure that you admire, that it would be so awesome. And I 
by the way, feel like you're as soon as you say this, you're going to make it happen if this is a person who's still alive, because you <laughs> are a person that makes these things happen. Um, so three people that you haven't met yet uh, and they yeah. also could be dead, that it would be amazing to have this sort of, you know, this sort of the, the I say the backbone yeah. is ringing because, you know, they'll, they, you'll, they'll always pick up for you or you'll always be able to have a tea with them. Uh, and they regard you also as, you know, someone that they love and admire. Okay, I would say Obama, Elvis, and and this is someone I'm constantly manifesting, Zac Efron. <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh-huh. That feels like it's going to happen. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, okay, weirdly, he used to live in my neighborhood. Okay, um, I'm going to go snag him for you. Anyway. Uh, weirdly, so, I live okay, in so... his neighborhood right now, and I'm currently standing outside his house peering through his window. <laughs> That's another thing. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, okay. Um, all right. Next one is three foods that perhaps in this reality either are you had one time when you were traveling somewhere and you've never been able to get that same amazing flavor. Or it could be something that, you know, having too much of you feel is bad for the, 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 the earth, like if it's the way beef is farmed or... It could be something that you're allergic to. It could even just be like I used to be able to eat a giant bag of peanut M&Ms. And I'm not saying that I miss that too much. But if I could just eat a giant bag of M&Ms and not feel sick and not get fat, like I wouldn't mind that. I would be OK <laughs> with that. Uh, so it kind of has a lot of different uses, this category. Um, but three things that we're going to give you that no longer have any ne- negative ramifications. Whatever they are, we're stripping all of that away and you can just have it whenever you want in perpetuity. Mm, I would say an edible, a gummy bear edible. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Raspberry <laughs> <Asking> flavor. <laughs> Great. And I shouldn't, more. but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name of it. You know when you get like a pasta and they do it yes. in that cheese wheel, you know, that massive cheese Oh, thing. yes, yes. So the cheese melts in because yeah. it's still all and hot. All I ever wanted in the yes. world was to have that, and I had it with truffles in Beverly Hills. It cost like $100 for like a pasta. Yeah. And yeah. um, and it was so good. I ate every bite, but then afterward I felt so sick because it was like, damn, that was like <laughs> yeah. rich, and you have yeah. to also be rich to eat that. It was a lot. Yeah. So well, guess what? We're going to give that back to you and you're not going to feel it's not going to be expensive. Uh, in your, yeah. And you're not even going to feel sick. So it's going to be great. Uh, and, OK. And then one and last like, one. Just like have like just have at it at the cheesecake shop, you know. Like oh, just yes, indeed. Go bananas yes, and like indeed. eat like 27 slices. <laughs> gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's that what place. the category is Cheesecake for. factory. Perfect. That's cool. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, next category, MASH always involves some romance. So this is alternate universe romance uh, with, you know, I don't, it doesn't even have to be someone you think of as being with long term. It could be like, well, I would marry Zac Efron. Um, I'm also going to put, you know, Johnny Depp's character, character, not him as a person, character from blah, blah, blah. But I would just want to be with him for like a night. Um, so you, whatever <laughs> The, the thinking behind it is for you, but three people that uh, you would love to have some romance or sexy times with in this alternate universe. Well, it's funny because Zac Efron, um, Johnny Depp. I figured that might be <laughs> headed that way. <laughs> Adore Johnny Depp. Like, he's so edgy and he's so cool. And I love this guy. He's called Jonathan Rees Myers. I don't know. If you oh, know who that I is. love Jonathan Rees Myers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. Um, he is, yeah, he's, he's, he kind of reminds me of Elvis a little bit. Yeah, like totally. Right? A little bit. He actually yeah. played him in a biopic. Oh well, there you so go. I didn't even know there. that. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I thought 
I thought I'd come up with some Elvis, and I'm like, it's a little bit kind of creepy, a little bit necrophiliac-y. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, okay, perfect. Okay, next category, let's do three uh, alternate universe careers. So just something that, you know, you're going to get to really plumb and singer. experience. I definitely would have been a singer. Or, Great. like I do, like I'm in a lot of reality shows, but I'd love to do acting. So, like, uh, acting. Great. Or Great. Um, an archaeologist. Love it and love it. Okay. How about three uh, real life skills that we're going to kind of give you like matrix style where you're going to wake up tomorrow and one mm-hmm. of them you will have ended up with and you've, and you've sort of downloaded it and, you, and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I know how to take apart a computer and put it back together. Or, you know, I know how to cook yeah. a perfect meal without a recipe. Uh, three skills that you would love to be an expert at instantly. So I'd love to uh, be able to do telepathy. Oh, well, listen. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. I'm filming this movie at the moment about ETs and UFOs and meeting all these amazing like scientists and like thought leaders and stuff and like telepathy is just like this whole coveted skill and I just yeah. oh, I would just love to be able to anyway, so telepathy. Love it. Um I'd love to be able to speak multiple languages. Great. I mean, that, that would be really cool. And yes. man. Um, I'd love to have willpower. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love so it. I actually wanted to go on a diet or quit alcohol or one of those sorts of things. I could actually do it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Willpower. It's a whole thing, guys. It's, it's a whole the thing. Whole it's a bad. Love it. Okay, let's do this. Uh, Three places that you would like to see. You're in kind of a safety bubble, so you can go back into the past and you can go way, 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 way back to like dinosaurs or you could go to, you know, Paris in the 20s um, just to sort of see something with your own eyes. And it could be that you experience it and you want to live in it for a little bit or it could literally just be like I needed to see what a a T-Rex looked like and I knew nothing was going to happen to me because I was in a safety bubble. Three. Um, so definitely like ancient Egypt. I think that that like living in that time would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the 1920s, 1930s in Paris. Look, I wish you you could see my house right now. Are you sure you don't read mine? <laughs> kind of creepy. Like like the room I'm in at the moment just says 1920s, 1930s Paris pictures. Black in oh every, my god, that's corner. amazing! I that's love definitely it. A vibe. Um. And probably, like, I'd love to go back to sort of, I don't know what era you'd call it, but, you know, when they had all the castles and, like, sort of um, Game of Thrones kind of era without the dragons. Great. Medieval. medieval Dragon-free. Yeah. Dragon-free medieval. Love it. Okay, great. And then final category, let's do... um, this is kind of a, this is sort of a, a weird one, but uh, three things because it's I know that you have such a were weird. I know, <laughs> like the normal. standard fare that you always get from the Smash game. This is like there are things that you okay. So there's some there's stuff in the world that we all are like, oh my god, I'm so glad someone invented you know the cheese that you put the pasta inside, mm-hmm. or I'm so glad someone invented the left turn, the green left left turn light because mm-hmm. what would we do if we didn't have that? So I'm giving you the option to claim credit for three pre-existing things that you really appreciate in the world and it could be you know a rolling stones album it could be you know a hole punch it could be anything anything practical or artistic whatever you want but you get to you get to be like oh you guys didn't know that i created silly putty or whatever right hmm okay so i wish that i wrote 
uh, Queen's album, Bohemian Rhapsody. That would have been great. Um, What else is amazing? Definitely cheese, like just in general, like whoever came up with it, like cheese, the French, you know, that was amazing. And um, flight. So whoever created the airplanes. Beautiful. Beautiful. I've really gone, in the last few years, I, somehow I've gone back to being completely in awe of being on an airplane and just really mm. appreciating it and like loving watching planes take off and stuff. I'm back in this mm. place of wonder of like a Sounds little like, like, I can't believe we can do this. You know what's messed it's up? Amazing. When you're, when you're in an airplane and you have those thoughts because all of a sudden you, you have this like, you forget that you're not just like in like a nice, comfortable room. You, and you right. realize that you're in a tin can. <laughs> I know, but you have to turn it to your advantage. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing right. is what they, the yeah, because that, I mean, that was something that I had to like relearn because I did go through a period of time where I was, I got uh, uh, like anxious about uh, planes when I was in my twenties yeah. and I really had to lean into the like, Hey, that adrenaline feeling that you're feeling of being out of control is right. very similar to excitement. So you just need to lean into the wonder of it all <laughs> and like find a way to like turn that racing heart into something positive. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, okay. So the last thing I need from you is uh, give me a number between one and seven. Ooh, seven. Okay, great. All right. I'm going to go through and eliminate uh, these categories to the point where you have one of everything and that will build your alternate uh, reality. Uh, In the meantime, while I do this, I would love to just revisit some of the wonderful things that people should be watching, including the Pluto TV shows that we've kind of touched on, the books, um, where people can find you. Uh, It's it's an opportunity for you to for us to kind of round up all that juicy info and put it in one place while I am just figuring this out. Does that sound good? Yeah. Go for it. So at the moment, um, super excited because on the 13th of December, Hollywood Disclosure and um, Season 1 and Dream Life Season 1 are premiering on Pluto TV. But Pluto TV is available worldwide. Um, and in America, you can access it on your computer, on your phone, or on any smart TV, Roku, Amazon, places like that. Um, so with Dream Life, it's a series that follows myself and my squad as we uh, try our best to open up businesses, to um, find love and to have a positive influence on people in Hollywood. So if you're somebody oh, that so good. has a dream and um, isn't sure whether or not they can pull it off, then you need to watch Dream Life because it will show you 10 very ordinary people pulling off some really extraordinary stuff. Um, simply because they believe in their dreams and they have a squad around them of people that are helping them to level up. So that's a really fun one. And then Hollywood Disclosure Season 1, on the show I interview some of the world's most uh, famous people. Uh, Some of my favourites were Caitlyn Jenner, who talks about transitioning and the importance of um, living your authentic life. Uh, Tara Reid that um, delves into her stories of being bullied online and how she was able to overcome those um, situations. And even Deepak Chopra, I sit down with him Amazing. and we have an interesting debate about uh, monogamy and its mm-hmm. merits as far as he was concerned and um, the negatives as far as I was. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, um, I love that. That is not something that you hear a lot about vis-a-vis Deepak Chopra. Like right. when was the last time someone said, I got to have a debate about monogamy with Deepak Chopra? I cannot wait to see it. 
we debated about a lot of stuff. It was quite interesting, really. Um, I love my, it. Inter- my interviewing style is quite unique. It's very different from other people. I um, ask questions that I'm genuinely wanting answers to. I'm not about tabloids and gossip. I want to know yeah. how people feel and what they're really yeah. thinking and, um, you know, what impact negative things have had on them and how they overcame them. So I think um, uh, by watching the interviews, you'll, you'll gain a very different perspective on all of these um, artists and, and who they really are. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. I How's have that your results. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, <laughs> my lady. Uh, I feel very good about the outcome of your match game Ooh. and this 100% guaranteed alternate universe life that you Give are living uh, simultaneously. I want you to appreciate the mansion you have in, in Bali. Ooh, Not bad. Uh, in which you can have uh, unlimited cheesy pasta. And I'm not surprised that we ended up with that because while it was arbitrary, we also spent a lot more time talking about it. So there you go. No surprise there. Also, also not a surprise uh, that you have telepathy. I feel like that is uh, that is par for the course. That's just like one step deeper into the intuition that you already developed. So uh, that's a no brainer. Um, uh, And perhaps something that uh, maybe you even uh, can take advantage of or cultivate uh, in your visit to ancient Egypt, because that was a very (laughs) fascinating kind of spiritual, strange and wonderful place from what we know about it. So I love that that's happening. Now, when we talk about our appreciation of the pasta that goes inside the cheese wheel. I want you to stand up and take rec- the recognition you deserve for having created cheese. <laughs> it started with you. It started right. with you. And uh, listen, you also have this blossoming, blooming, and exploding and thriving acting career. And I think it's going to come in handy because you are going to have to act with Johnny Depp as if you're not also having a relationship with your best friend, Zac Efron. <laughs> or they're both fine with it and it's no big deal. <laughs> but right. I had to squeeze, squeeze your acting in there somewhere. So just know that you have the chops to like, do it if you need to. <laughs> polyamory, polygamy kind of scenario with those two, I think. Right? You know, I mean, you know, and if they want to kiss, there. that's fine too. Also, also true. Also That's true. Fine. Also true. Uh, well, that concludes uh, the podcast. Uh, this has been so wonderful, so inspiring. I oh, feel like you. you've given you know. some wonderful calls to action to uh, my wonderful, wonderful, sweet and empathetic listeners. So uh, this is a this is an instant classic JV Club episode. And uh, thank you again oh, for doing it. Thank you. And thank you for doing that um, visualization with me, Janet. Because honestly, I had a pretty rough day today. And, um, mm. you know, I, I have been going through it a little bit. Um, I just, I'm just coming out of having COVID and, um, that's been oh, really, really so hard. Sad. And, um, you just took me somewhere. You did, you took me out oh, of my present and, um, sent me off on a little bubble cloud. So, so thank you. You turned a that pretty That is my pleasure and my honor. Wonderful. That is what I, I love it too. And I feel like I'm very, See, that's the again, poor people. I went along and and I'll tell you what, I always feel great when I do them. So to your point, it's like, yes, I'm taking you through your dream, but I am just loving every minute of it myself. So it is, uh, it's, it feels like it's not an altruistic act. I'm definitely like getting a lot out of it as well. So (laughs) that just goes to show you do things that make people happy. I think your podcast is amazing. I think you're doing some really great things for the world and, you know, thank you. Thank you for being you and for shedding the light. Oh, thank you, everybody. Lots of love from both of us, and I will talk to you next time on the podcast. 
The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.